Remember Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, the distributor of classified information that was sent to him. Some people call him a whistleblower. Then he goes on the run and he's wherever he is now. I don't care. Well, he came back in the news again about a month ago with Secretary Mike Pompeo doing an interview with Megyn Kelly on her podcast regarding 30 former U.S. intelligence and national security officials with knowledge of the government's efforts against WikiLeaks. In this episode, we're going to talk about that interview and some of the statements Pompeo made regarding what may or may not have happened and what is or isn't true, as well as how he was deceptive and why and what information he supports and does not. It's an interesting podcast interview, and I'll have an article in the show notes that you can read that I'll be going off of. Most of the articles are all the same. So Julius Assange and WikiLeaks, what were the CIA's plans for him? What was really talked about? Did they plan to assassinate him, as it suggests? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. I don't foresee this going well, but I get asked enough about whistleblowers. I thought I'd give this one a shot since it popped up in the news, and I've been sitting on it. In fact, even before recording this, I'm just staring at the program like, how should I do this? What's the point of this? Well, I'm not sure, so we're just going to go with my thoughts and opinions on this. The thing is, it comes down to me. Most of this is opinion-based for me. I'll admit that freely. To me, most of this comes down, like anything, to morals, ethics, and laws, which are difficult because morals are subjective. For example, and I've used this example many times, for some people, if another person is gay, to them that's morally wrong, whereas to that person, being gay is morally right, if they even question it under morals. It's because it's subjective based on beliefs, convictions, culture, ideas. There are things that are morally right in cultures that are not morally right in others. And it sucks. Then there's ethics. I don't think ethics are subjective as some people make them out to be, but that doesn't mean ethics always have to be followed. I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I'm just saying there's ethics that apply that are neither legal or illegal. It's just a general opinion of right and wrong, which could fall under morals. For example, there's a person, doesn't matter who they are, that I think would be a cool person to know. There's somebody on social media that has a company out there like many of them do. They sell a great product that I buy. One of the business decisions that I think is unethical they made is that when you go to their website, if you want to review a product, it doesn't matter what you write or how you do it. If it's one or two stars, they'll either deny the entry or never publish it. They'll even write you back and tell you why it violates the policy, but it's just a general statement. And you can, in the nicest possible way, put a negative review or you didn't like this product for a valid reason, exactly how they tell you to do it. They will not publish it if it's one or two stars. That's how they have it set up on purpose because they don't want those negative reviews. They are relying so heavily on reviews and not the quality of what they offer or their service that it has to be at least three stars and not overtly negative. And unless you're a total asshat in how you write it, if you put it up in four stars, it's going to be there. I think that's unethical. That's just me. But then there's laws. Laws are a gray area too because they're written a specific way, but when it comes down to, say, law enforcement or the judicial system, I think there's a reason why when a judge writes something, they call it their opinion. It's their opinion based on interpretation of laws, based on the information presented in that court case, if it's even something that goes to court. 
And then there's other people that disagree with it. And I don't mean just the people that disagree with it in general. I mean, people that are just as credentialed and educated as them that say, I do the same thing, but based on everything you're telling us, I disagree and here's why. That's part of the system. I don't know that there's a way to fix it. Why do I say all this? Well, because I want to point out some things in this article that I'm going to put in the show notes on Megan Kelly's podcast from former CIA director and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. This is about a month old. And it has to do with all these intelligence and national security guys coming forward talking about government efforts against WikiLeaks back in the day and even to today. And Pompeo said he wanted criminal prosecution of sources who spoke to Yahoo detailing proposals of the intelligence AG in 2017 to abduct founder Julian Assange of WikiLeaks and discussions within the Trump administration and CIA to possibly even assassinate him. Possibly. His statement was, I can't say much about this other than whoever those 30 people who allegedly spoke to one of the Yahoo News reporters should all be prosecuted for speaking about classified activity inside the Central Intelligence Agency. I want to be clear, again, my opinion. Whether or not anybody realizes this, in a place like the CIA, if it happens there, it's classified. And these guys know this, especially ones that work there. So regardless if it's whistleblower, regardless if they actually are protected on the Whistleblower Act, which I imagine some of them are not, don't know because I don't know who they all are. I'm just saying probably that when they chose to talk about information that is classified, they did break the law. Now I'm not saying what they spoke about wasn't morally or ethically right. I'm not saying they didn't actually expose possibly something that could be illegal, but that doesn't protect them from breaking the law. It's, it's a hard discussion for me sometimes to have, but I look at it like free speech. We have the right to free speech. God-given right, inherent, we got it in documents, this whole thing. So you want to go out and peacefully protest, you hold a sign, you do a chant, whatever. Free speech, that's great. You block traffic, stop people from moving freely, and that's a crime, and you get stopped or even arrested for doing that. What do those people say? Oh, well, they did this because we're exercising free speech. No, they never really had a problem with the free speech, at least in this country most of the time. It's the method in which you did it that broke other laws. So I'm not saying that maybe that isn't necessary sometimes, but when you choose to break a law to exercise a right, doesn't make it okay. It's like, you should exercise your rights. I don't think you should be criticized for how you choose to exercise your rights unless you violate the rights of others or violate the law, which can make it difficult. And this is where morals and ethics comes in. Now it goes on to say he declined to respond to many of the details in the account, which makes sense. He did make a statement at one point where he said pieces of it are true to a specific question that was asked, but it's smart of him to do that. Why? Because it's classified information. People think they have the right to know that. You don't, and there's laws to back that up. And this has to do with what's called the Vault 7 documents, if you want to look those up. Statement he made, when bad guys steal those secrets, we have a responsibility to go after them to prevent that from happening. We have a responsibility to respond we desperately want to hold accountable those individuals who violated law that have violated requirements to protect information have tried to steal it. There is a deep legal framework to do that, and we took actions consistent with U.S. law to try to achieve that. That's not about those 30 individuals, although I think it applies. It has to do with Assange and the people involved there. That, yes, in the eyes of the government and law, when you choose to break that law, you are now what we could call the bad guy, although there's other more official terms for it depending on who's doing it. Now, later on, it says, 
Popeo's comments come as some human rights activists, civil literary groups, and supporters of Assange said the revelation by Yahoo's News should be investigated and are grounds to drop the U.S. Department's Justice Department's efforts to extradite Assange from a British prison in order to face criminal charges. Of course, if they did break laws or potentially break laws and the information is there, of course it should be investigated. Not saying that. Not saying they shouldn't do that at all. Now, later on in the articles, one that says is we are trying to protect American information from Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Did our Justice Department believe it had a valid claim that would result in the extradition to stand trial? And the answer was yes. We believe that. That's what he's saying. I supported that effort. Did we ever engage in activity that was inconsistent with U.S. law? We are not permitted by U.S. law to get... Let me rephrase that question. Did He's asking this himself, but it's him summing up essentially what he was being asked or being alleged. Did we engage in activity that was inconsistent with U.S. law? Now, why that sounds like a yes or no question, there's ways to answer that. But he said, he answered it in an indirect manner. Are we not permitted? We are not permitted by law to conduct assassinations. We never acted in a way that was inconsistent with that. We never conducted planning to violate U.S. law, not once in my time. To highlight the deception here, did we engage in activity that was inconsistent with U.S. law? He speaks to a specific law about conducting an assassination, saying that we did not do that. We never acted in a way that was inconsistent with that, not once in my time. What that could suggest, being that specific, it could suggest that he's aware that those things happen, just not in his time. And the other thing in his time when he mentions this is, at least it's not clear in this article, maybe it is in the podcast, of whether it was his time at CIA or his time as Secretary of State. And it's, I'm guessing it's his time at CIA. And it's, it's a deflective and deceptive statement. It doesn't mean that those conversations did or didn't happen. It doesn't mean anybody did or didn't break the law. But it definitely suggests that the way it was answered, which was deceptive goes on to state he, being Pompeo, did not address any of the details about other actions CIA was contemplating, such as possible abduction or steps U.S. intelligence actually took, include conducting audio and video surveillance inside the Ecuadorian embassy, which they would never admit to or discuss, whether it happened or didn't happen. And also says monitoring the communications and travel of his associates throughout Europe. Probably did do that, but they're not going to admit or deny that either way. Part of his statements, while he did admit there's pieces of something that's not specified here that are true, he also said the story makes for pretty good fiction. It also does mention in there somewhere, I just tried to find it, but it talked about the possible assassination, saying that it essentially came up in discussion, but the way, however it was worded, it was always laughed off. While they're not allowed to do that, and I don't know that they ever were, we do know that things like that have happened in the past. It doesn't surprise me that that would actually come up and also doesn't surprise me that that was left off. There are standard responses to things and ideas that come up in certain packages of details based on events that happen in the intelligence community, just like in law enforcement. If Whether you're a cop or worked on a cop show or seen a movie or whatever, there seems to be things that tend to be pretty standard responses, just like if you go to a crime scene, there's certain things you do. You're going to conduct an investigation, there's certain things you're going to do. That is true everywhere. There's military action. There's certain things you're going to do depending on the level, whether it's the individual soldier on the ground down to, you know, working with a whole military, some long-term operation. Things like that are true in the intelligence community. There's probably a checklist somewhere of possible things that could be discussed that have never been updated. That includes those types of subjects. I think it's highly likely they discussed kidnapping. I'm sure they did the same thing with Snowden. 
The point is to say this, while there's certain obvious, to me, deceptive statements there, one of the things it doesn't point out clearly is what they did or did not do in relation to this. And it's something nobody's ever going to confirm until it actually happens where it hits a court case, presuming that court case, whether made public or not, is considered classified or protected national security information. And even if somebody wants that in government, which they likely will, depending on what the judge chooses to do with that. Now, what laws are we looking at here? While there's a litany of laws, quite a bit of them, the general idea basically is he was the founder and operator of WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks was provided classified information that he distributed to the public, which by law wouldn't actually matter if he knew it was classified or not. The fact that he was part of it would make it breaking the law. It's the same idea of you're driving down the road, and in that state, that type of road, their law is on this type of road where it's unmarked. The default speed limit is 50. You get pulled over for 60. You were completely ignorant of the law. You had no idea of the law. You thought 60 was fair and okay. You get a ticket. You go to court. You lose. You got to pay your fine. Ignorance of the law doesn't make it okay to break the law. Now, don't get me wrong. I seriously doubt he was ignorant of what these things were. Many of them. I'm sure he's aware some of them are classified. But he did do what he believed was right. I really think he followed what he considered morals and ethics and ignored the law, but that doesn't make it okay. I think he knows that, which is why he's not in the United States and why he is in the Ecuadorian embassy or wherever he is now. This is a good thing to bring up, too, if you're following that case with that couple, I think, in Maryland that has to do with giving away, selling secrets for crypto, for submarine information or whatever, which I haven't talked about because so much of it is out there and they're still in court and they just pleaded, I think, innocent today or yesterday on certain charges or all the charges. It doesn't make it okay to do things just because you believe it's right or you believe it doesn't violate the law. I'm not saying those laws are always correct. I'm just saying that's how the ball bounces and how the game gets played. And the questions arise, what if the United States did something wrong somewhere in there, whether an individual or a whole government? What if they discussed things that were illegal? Okay, maybe they discussed them. Is it illegal to have that conversation? If it's not illegal to have that conversation and they didn't follow through with breaking the law, then that should probably be known now that this is out there publicly. Of course, if they did break the law, that could be proven. That should be discussed. The problem they have with that is when you start getting too far into classified information where you can give up methods and intentions and ways in which things are done that could hurt national security, that is reality. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be addressed in a legal sense in front of a courtroom. I picked this to talk about to kind of understand that while despite what people think, while the intelligence community operates heavily based on law, when it comes down to morals and ethics, that really comes down to the individuals or groups of people that make decisions, think things up, put them into practice and execute them however that's done. We don't always agree with them. We all have different opinions. We all have different morals. We have different ethics. There's also the whole, you're never going to know all the stuff that goes on in that world where it's classified. And you definitely have probably less percentage of information than you think you have for most people, as well as understanding how those things work. Does that mean that they're completely innocent and the intelligence community hasn't done things that are illegal or immoral or unethical? No, they do that all the time. Illegal? Probably not. But sometimes when that happens, just like that guy speeding down the road, they don't realize it. I talked about a podcast last year about the FBI where they did some stuff through the FISA courts thinking it was okay and legal and came forward and told on themselves when they realized they were doing some things wrong and required a couple of guys losing their jobs and they accepted that because they realized they broke the law but didn't know at the time. That's not to say it makes it okay for people to break the law when it's not their job, 
because one thing we forget is why we don't like hearing this, not all laws apply to all people all the time. And that is reality. Simple example I've used many times before. Speed limit's 35. Even a cop's supposed to drive the speed limit. Unless in the performance of his duties, he's required to exceed that speed limit, therefore breaking the law, but it's legal for him to do so for things like public safety. Some guy's drunk driving, speeding, ramming cars, doing crazy things on the road, and he's got a speed to catch him up to try to stop him for public safety and performance of duties. Of course he's going to speed. Every time they run code and respond to things, they're speeding and running traffic lights, using their sirens and their lights to get there to help somebody and perform their job. Those laws at those times don't apply for them because they are doing things in the performance of their duties. Now, that's not to say that all of a sudden intelligence agency can just go assassinate somebody in the performance of their duties. They're not allowed to do that at all. I'm just saying that it's understanding that there's a place for people to potentially break laws in a legal sense and performance of their duties like investigators, not people who want to just do things for the good moral and ethical right. Which is why we get into that gray area and we get all these things going on. But the whole point of this podcast was to bring forth the individual struggle where things like morals, ethics, and laws can sometimes collide and where it will bring out the differences of people, especially in that community, to understand where and when they shouldn't do something. Despite what people think, when it comes to jobs in the intelligence community like that, most of them, their politics don't even matter. There's things they know and things they see in the real world where they realize how little effect that has. But if something personal or significant enough comes up or becomes a big enough issue they get involved with, then those personal differences get highlighted and then some things change, like people get fired, people quit. Every time there's a significant change in like the U.S. presidency, where an organization like CIA, for example, or any other organization is about to have or does have a significant mission change in the way that they're doing things, if people don't agree with that, it's not what they signed on for, and it's not a change just because of president's like, this type of thing hasn't happened in 30 years. I've been here for 15 years. I'm not okay with this. They will leave. That's happened in the military intelligence community and other jobs many times. Just like when new presidents come on and they get rid of certain generals, there's generals that quit because of the way things are about to go that they don't agree with. And doing so is smart for them because they're not the best person for that job and they know they're not going to be able to stop that wheel from turning. I've faced many of these challenges too at times, although I never really talked to anybody about them and I was able to work through them and make them understandable and useful and figure out when I needed to leave a job or what I could or couldn't do and then how to argue it, which did cost me at times. But more often than not, while I did everything I could to always follow the law, a lot of the decisions I made did come down to my own morals and ethics. It's a hard discussion and I know everybody has different opinions, but I thought maybe maybe this would be the one to talk about to bring forward that position to realize that people do this job, that a lot of them have to struggle with these ideas all the time. People in the military have struggled with these ideas all the time. I see all this stuff now about Afghanistan and whether or not we should have been there. This was our mission or no, this was our mission or what we did or didn't do or what winning was. And mostly it's just mouthpieces that don't know what they're talking about. Even some of them, people that have been there that don't understand the reality of what was happening and how much it changed. Not that they can't have those opinions and not that they're even wrong. They may be right for them. It may be right at the time frame they were there, but does it make it right for the whole 20-year period of Afghanistan? No. We used to pose these questions to officers that were being interviewed to go work intel missions with special missions units. One of the examples was we would identify somebody that they 
loved and couldn't live without that would just destroy them to lose that person there. I think even one occasion it wasn't a person, it was like their pet. And we'd say they're on a train track and can't move and you can't get them off the track and the train's coming and the train will kill them. There's no question about that. But you've got that lever there where you can make that train go to a different track. But if you do that, you know that that train's going to wreck and you know there's 50 people on that train and you know most of them are going to die. What are you going to do? And some people would pick option A and, you know, deter that train and save that loved one. Some people pick option B and say, no, I love that person, but we got to allow the 50 people to live. That was a moral and ethical question that we put in there. But then we put another one and say, well, you're supervising people in an interrogation unit. And a couple guys get bring in that are detainees on a mission. There's still people on the objective and the bad guys have taken some of our good guy soldiers, some of our best operators in the world. They have taken them. We need to get them back. You realize while watching this interrogation from, of course, surveillance standpoint, that the interrogator's in there with one of these soldiers and they start putting their hands on this guy. They start slapping him around and threatening him because that's the only way in this time-sensitive environment they believe they can get the information to save that soldier that's now missing what are you going to do? This was not a moral and ethical question. This was a legal question. They just don't always know which way that question goes. And it's because situations like this come up that people have to deal with. A lot of people I know with PTSD issues had to do with moral, ethical, and or legal questions they had to deal with while on the battlefield. You know, is it okay to kill a kid in war? Most people, if you ask them that question, they say, well, of course not. But then you give them a scenario about how kids are used against their will, not knowing that they're stopping small convoys of people. And 100% of the time when they do it in this area, that if you stop to try to save that kid, the convoy attacks and everybody gets killed. So in order to make sure that doesn't happen, you got to run that kid over and he's probably going to die. That's a moral, ethical question. It may even be a legal question, depending on where you stand on it. And there's people who have had to make that decision. They had to take a life in order to save a life. People always think of war as just this shooting war and there's front lines and you're just killing bad guys. That's not how things have been for us for a long time. So going back to the intelligence community, no matter what you think about Julian Assange or what you think about Pompeo or politics or what is or isn't right, it's to understand that at the end of the day in that community, they will side with the law before they side with morals and ethics. There's a reason why somebody like Pompeo says, these 30 people, should be prosecuted if they did in fact come forward and reveal classified information from inside CIA. That is in fact true and that should happen. That doesn't mean that they didn't expose something or bring up something that might have been illegal. It doesn't mean that shouldn't be investigated. It absolutely should be. And maybe that's the decision that has to be made. Maybe more people have to break laws and get in trouble to expose more things. I hope that's not the case and I don't encourage people to do so, but it's to understand that Regardless of opinions, there are real struggles, real issues that have to be looked at in the world of intelligence that go so far beyond whether or not we capture a bad guy, whether or not this cool surveillance platform you know, does whatever, whether or not we find this guy, whether or not we leave a country the right way. There are struggles and issues that affect people that have to make these decisions that most don't even comprehend. And it's not to say their decision's okay or to make it okay or to justify their decisions, just to understand that it's far more real for the people that have to do things than it is for the people that armchair quarterback and sit on the outside and look at it. In fact, these 30 guys, 
no matter what they did or didn't know and direct or indirect access or knowledge they had of this for each and every one of them, it could have been the same moral, ethical, and legal question that drove them to get together and do this. Maybe they turn out to be right. Maybe they turn out to be wrong. More than likely, probably nothing will happen or we won't hear about it for a long time. Perhaps that was Julian Assange's point of view. Regardless of what he did know legally or not, perhaps it was a moral and ethical dilemma that he chose to answer a specific way. Hard to say. And perhaps he never gets brought back and gets prosecuted anyway and just becomes a name in history. 